What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. Talk to me about what this track represents, man. I love this track. It's supposed to. So it's a celebration, right? The album, it's the last song on the album. And if you follow along with the journey to this point, you come off I Get Around where the main character here has raised that round of capital. And now it's you can finally exhale and just enjoy it and be like, whew, we did it. We made it. It's supposed to feel like it's like a toast at a wedding, right? It has a little bit like classier vibe to it. Even one of the lyrics is straighten your collars, we buttoned up, no shot of vodka. It has this refined, sophisticated level. You picture someone's giving a toast at at a wedding. They're the best man or they're the maid of honor at the wedding talking about their favorite person. And in this case, it's like you're toasting the journey you've been on and giving yourself that chance to just sit back for a moment and reflect on it and be like, yeah, like we went through a lot, but through it all, like we're still here and and we've made it, right? And that's to me... From the way the beat sounds to the way the flow of the lyrics are to the hook, it has that level of like sophisticated refinement. And, and the track name itself, which, you know, it's interesting, not a lot of people are, like get it by name, right? So Sancerre is a really, high, I'd say it's a higher end white wine in like the Sauvignon Blanc family, but it's a French wine that is my favorite white wine. 
my wife's favorite white wine. And to me, I was like, there, like that, that evokes, if you know what Sancerre is, then, oh, there's a level of sophistication to this song or to the content of this song. And almost even more to the point, if you see the name of the song and you don't know what it is, then it's actually, it's, that's the level of quote unquote sophistication that this thing has. Or that's the idea behind like it being this buttoned up affair. It's this high end luxury feel to it that maybe the average person who is not deep in their wine game or anything like that is not going to totally understand it by name. Like I've had someone be like, oh, it's, it's signed, serially, signed sincerely yours. And I'm like, like you signed a contract kind of thing. And I'm like, no, it's actually not that. But I could see how you'd think that. Yeah, that's cool. I picture this as it's the holiday party after the Series C or whatever, right? Like you're having this, like this, you had the ramp up, you raised the capital, you've found product market fit. It's all blown up kind of thing. And you're at the holiday party and you're the founder, like sitting around telling everybody, all right, everybody gather around, let's have a toast. Yeah. And then it's like the internal monologue of the founder of like how he's feeling during the party. And then the hooks are like the, all right, let's do it. Like say, yeah. That. So it, I think the holiday party or like the company, like kickoff party is like another good way to look at it. And yeah. And it's like, when you think about when those toast moments happen, usually if they're done well, or even if you, even if, maybe if they're not done well or not, but whether it's one individual toast and them saying, so let's raise a glass, or you think about when it's a wedding, there's usually multiple toasts. And so it's each round of let's raise a glass and toast to the bride and groom or whatever it might be. That's what comes through each time in the hook. And it's also why the, the hook is different each time through. And if you remember, and we say, I, I say it in the, in the rant at the end of the song where I'm like, yo, like how many times, how many times did I send you that late night like text being like, yo, bro, I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell if this sounds good or not. Like, like the hook on this song, how many, this is like the fifth iteration of the hook on just this song. I think maybe six, seven different tries, at least five different efforts on the hook. I think the first time through was like something really simple. It was like, from the front to the back, not a simple empty glass, not a single empty glass. Sincerely yours. Sincerely. Mumbai to Dubai from the whole enterprise. Yeah. Sincerely yours. Right. It was so that was like, I think version one. And then there was another version in there that was like more sing songy. I don't remember the lyrics of it, but I remember it was like, it's time to celebrate, time to get loud. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Now we paying down all the bills on the house, that kind of yeah. thing. And then at some point we landed on what the hook became. Cheers, let's toast. Let's toast. We celebrate sipping grape. Do we share? Of course. Of course, yeah. yours. I really like what we finally landed on for it. And if we think about the construct of the album overall, the reason why I wasn't satisfied with just the simple like, from the front to the back, not a single empty glass. Sincerely yours. Right. Is because you got the intro on the album, which is no hook. You have I Can Be Anything, which is a pretty repetitive hook, right? I can be anything. Mm -hmm. I can be anything. Right. It's the same words over and over again. Mm -hmm. Thankless is a more detailed hook. NXT is no hook. Dry powder is a repetitive hook. I get around is no hook. 
and I didn't want to close the album on something you've like already heard before, right? So I didn't want the the closing hook on this thing to be just another like basic hook, especially given that if you think about the the idea of giving a toast, a good toast is deep, right? It's not just like surface level. Oh, we used to hang out in college and they're a good person. So let's drink or just something that's cheers. And the longer someone, usually when someone's giving a toast, like I say, usually sometimes toast can really drone on and (laughs) and lack, lack storytelling, but a good toast, the longer it goes on, if it's like a five, seven minute toast, you start to really get into like how they truly feel about the other person or the situation. And even though they may have written it down, some new thoughts come into their head along the way that they decide to speak. And so in that respect, the hook brings up each time through, it brings up a different thought. And it's, it's interesting, right? Like in this, in what this version of the hook became, we called back to I Get Around. Right? So it's funny that this song is not called I Get Around <laughs> because we actually use the words I Get Around, whereas we never use those words in the song I Get Around. But I thought it was cool to bounce off of the song you've just heard And every time in the song that it's said, it's referring to the idea of getting around in a different way. So the first time through, the hook is... So there's no space between A and round in that one. So like the idea of getting around, more so meaning like, I know a lot of people now. And then it's also, hey, like you didn't believe me, like we're showing out now for all of you who had doubt. And then the second time the hook comes through. So now was a space between A and round. So now when we say it, what we mean is I'm getting a round of drinks. And then the third time it comes through, it's. We show it now for those we paid down. Now the bank will thick. That's how I get around. Now we're referring to raising capital, right? bankroll is thick i got the round of money and the last time it comes through is we show it now for those we paid down now the bankroll thick that's how i get around there's no space right around meaning like my 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 name is being surfaced in conversations that i'm not even in because of all the people we showed up for along the way it's awesome man and i love how like you said a toast at a meaningful moment generally starts with a trivial story about somebody being goofy and ends with a heartfelt moment. And you start with essentially talking about, hey, here's to all the haters and now I'm opening doors to here's the people that actually like put money into this thing, mm-hmm. like who, who paid for the service and that allows me to buy rounds to here's the folks that actually invested in us. And now we got, now we get rounds to this is for like my parents that were like doubting me the whole time. And now they talk about me all the time. Cause I'm so mm-hmm. proud. We showing now for those we made proud. Now we only talk about this. How I get around. Have you seen my boys app? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's phenomenal, man. I love the emotional hierarchy of how the, how the hook progresses, but I, I really remember well, going through those. I remember being in camp. I want that simple, repetitive hook. 
and you wanted to be more on the songy side. And then the one thing we agreed upon is that it was going to change every single time slightly. Yeah. Uh, but I love how it ended up coming out, man. It's really good. I And I'm a big fan of what you just did, what you talked about. The last song of an album being a markedly different song that's storytelling, that ends with talking, right? Like the Kanye and Logic style last call, but you did it in a completely different version of something that I've never seen before, of phrasing this thing as a toast and making it feel like you're in a room full of friends, like reminiscing on what's cool. And I wrote it thinking about Really, if I'm standing at the front of a wedding or if I'm standing at the, in the front of a room for my own company, yeah, it comes across, right? That's the mentality that I'm in. And even to that point of like, when you give the toast, the storytelling gets deeper over time. Actually, even that's how the verses are constructed too. It opens up with more or less like the, not, I don't want to say about like a goofy intro story, but like something that's like pretty like easy, introductory, able to follow along. And then as it goes, as each verse hits, it gets a little bit more deep and meaningful. Right. Like verse one is really just, like, hey, we're here to party. Isn't that great? Like we have something to celebrate. It's so fun. Thank you all for being here. It means a lot to me. And then verse, and, and it's look like we have all this food here, food and drinks here. Right. We balling out. So bring friends. It ain't got to be you and me. I mean, we dropped a grand on the charcuterie. Char all those different things that are there where it's the depiction of a nice evening. Which is really how a lot of those toasts start, right? You just, you thank people for coming out and you generally are like, make sure, make sure like you don't have an empty cup tonight. We got a lot of great things for you. There's a lot of food. Make sure you eat no empty stomachs, that kind of thing. And you get that out of the way first to be able to then be like, and here's why we're all here tonight. And that's where I think more so verse two really starts to pick that up. We got the Vinus models with the bottle shape body starting from the yeah, I also like how you, I, I weirdly love the inflection of your voice on this song. It's hotter than the sabrazada. Like it has like an issue like, oh, that, that what am I, Quagmire? I, I don't know what it is, right? Like, I, I don't know how to do it, but you, you put a little bit of that in it that adds an extra kind of jovial element to the storytelling that I think is a really nice touch. And we talked about this in one of the other episodes, but it's like the beat oftentimes kind of dictates or commands how the voice is going to sound. Because you can't, it's hard. If a beat's in a certain note or tone, it's really hard to go against that grain. You can't, and that's why it's when something is off key when you listen to it just generally across music. Mm -hmm. So there, there are times even on different songs where I've wanted to sing or rap at a different pitch, but I like physically could not because I'm hearing a beat that's at a different pitch. And I've got to align it. I've got to align with that to a certain extent. In my head, I'm like, how come when I can't hear music, I can sing at the level that I want to, or I can rap in the voice that I want to. But once I hear the beat, I can't actually get to that. And it's because, right, the, the sound is going to command the voice. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it, man. I think it's really well done. Is there anything in the, so that first verse is really just, hey, check it out. Look how nice all this stuff is. Is there any, are there any like lyrics in there that you want to hit on? I just think the, even though it's like a toast and it's like, hey, we're, we are glad it's in this case, it's not champagne. It's that our glass is filled with Sancerre wine. We celebrate sipping grape and we share in pours. Sincerely yours. Let's celebrate. Glasses up, glasses up. Even with that, I, I gave a nod to the NAs, like the people who don't drink alcohol, with 
charcuterie, charcuterie. Coming in hotter than soap reside. I mix coke and water for the look, for the look, or for real a glass of the product. Meaning sometimes if you're not drinking, and it's more of a red wine thing, but you get the point, right? Like you just take a Coca-Cola and then you put it in a glass, you mix it with water, and now it looks like red wine. So it's no the idea with that is nobody's left out of this. We're inviting everyone into this party into this celebration because you all played a role big or small i like it that's cool man that's i the you give a couple of nods to inclusion in this album which i think is really cool i didn't even think about that but like the mocktail of a little bit of coke and water in order to make it inclusive of people toasting that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah that's tight right, so then verse two it starts getting a little bit more of tell me more about the story in verse two so we continue we, we start by just continuing to evoke like the picture images of what the party looks like and using that to then get into what it means to be here. Break out the Vinus bottles. We got the Vinus models. With the bottle shape, body starting from the bottom. So we've got break out the finest bottles. We got the finest models with the bottle shape, body starting from the bottom. And it's from the it's from the bottom. And then you hear me in the back and go from the bottom. Because it's, wait, do you, are you talking about ass here? Or are you talking about the fact that we started from the bottom, now we're here kind of idea? Yeah. So you can almost think of that as if the person at the front is given the toast, someone in the audience is like, they're like shouting back to that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get into, again, what it means to be here, right? Vibes feeling like Pokemon, yo, you know we got them. When you reach a modicum of success, the retreaters turn believe is quick in like a couple seconds. The idea of Pokemon, you catch them all. Yeah. And then it starts to hit on overcoming the doubters and the haters, right? When you reach a modicum of success, the retreaters turn believers quick in a couple sex, right? Like couple seconds. And then we use some wordplay there because couple sex also sounds like S-E-X, which is what, so then the next line uses that, right? They trying to get up in your linens, cozy up real close and finish every sit. But if you listen, I actually don't finish my sentence. Yeah. So I actually do the thing that I say is happening to you. And that's the idea. It's like the people who are retreaters in the beginning, all of a sudden they come back around and they're like, oh yeah, like I believe in you the whole time. And they're like trying to buddy up on you and, and be like, oh yeah, yeah, like I got you. What do you need? What do you need? I got you. I got anything. And so they don't even let you like finish your sentence. And yeah. they act like they were there the whole time through. And that's where it's like, <laughs> but this ain't for them. It's for the real friendships we depended on. In return, we pay pensions. Which is um, the idea of what we're literally putting into people's retirement accounts now because of the success that we're having. While at the same time, a lot of the venture capital money comes from public pension accounts. True. So it's actually, it's like a loop of capital, right? So we got investment probably from a public pension account that went into a fund, but so we're actually, we're paying that money back essentially is like the idea, but you can think of it as that way or as like our team, our squad, our employees, we're able to put money into their retirement accounts now because we're growing and when, when we made it. I love having you explain this stuff, man, because a lot of this doesn't hit me the first time. And then I also have my own aha moments. Like we got the finest model started from the bottom. It's also financial model, right? Like I hadn't <laughs> yeah. even thought about that, right? So it's really good, man. This is cool. Then you go back to you go back to another ongoing like you you bring up Easter and Jesus multiple times. From Passover, like it's Easter brunch to eating up your last porridge, saying Jesus, bro. Like you bring up these like Christian things saying easily understood stuff, right? Easily Um, understood stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember back in Thankless, right? In verse two, we had that. 
So now we come back to it at the end. So it's in Thankless, I'm like, this is what I'm going to accomplish. It's like a projection. And now by Sincerely Yours, it's a reflection, right? So you have projection early in the album and reflection at the end of the album. Mm. And with that, we say... From Passover like it's Easter brunch to eating up your last porridge saying Jesus, bro. Passover, Easter, that's a good double meaning there. But it's like from getting passed over is the idea to eating up your last porridge saying Jesus, bro. Right? So it's we went from not even having a meal to eat right to now we're eating everyone's we're, we're like we're eating everyone's meals up because we're that important we're that big we're that meaningful now and we're doing that and, be, and, the, and the only thing you can do is sit back and be like god damn like jesus they're still doing it jesus bro save some for the rest of us so that's that was the idea behind that like the real sort of essence behind that is early in the album, we project, I'm going to have this quote unquote, Jesus like impact on people. And then by the end with the reflection, it's I did in the sense that the only thing you can do is be like, Jesus Christ, are they going to stop? Are they going to save a plate for the rest of us? That's great. That's awesome, man. Okay. So that's verse two ends on a, like a cool kind of like we on Canary shores with the sun kissed skin and we barely close. We celebrate sipping yours. It goes back to the party vibe, goes into the hook. That's the hook about celebrate glasses up, glasses up. Cause now we right here. We not giving the fuck and we zone and this is a moment because our keys open doors. That's the hook about like now you're opening your own doors and you're and you're shouting out to people that like that gave clout that, that spend their own money on the product and stuff like that. And then you do what is it called? What is this? Is that the before verse three, you hit another kind of like you change cadence again. Right? And we made it through the co-founder arguments, conflict disarmament, put under the microscope and measured like an algorithm, feeling like a martyr when services you bought her in, thinking that you finished in the trenches, gotta start again. Interactions start to blend, said it once, come again. Looking at you crazy when you say you do it all again. Team, now we call them fan dream, got it all in hand. Sleeping on the floor, now we living like the Carter's grand. Like this is another thing that you do, like you'll do two verses, the, the songs that have hooks after the second verse, you always kick in with a very different cadence than the rest of the song. Is that a bridge? Is that what that's yeah. called? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have the bridge here that kicks off the last or that precedes the last verse rather. And this is where if you come back to the toast vibe, it's like verse one, thank you all for coming out. Let's have fun tonight. Enjoy yourselves. Eat up, drink up. Verse two here's what we had to overcome to get here. And mm-hmm. here's what it means to have you all here now. Yeah. And then the bridge is now, let me really get into sort of my feelings to be like, but here's what it really, here's what we really had to make it through to get here. Yeah. And that's why the beat drops and it's that lower tone. We threw a double vocal vocal effect on it with a little bit of a sort of a megaphone sound behind it. So you can picture this is the part where in a meaningful wedding toast, like people start like tearing up. They start being like, wow, oh my gosh, like they really do love each other, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what comes across here in the bridge. It's all about what it took to get here. I think this is the stuff 
I know I've lived through. I know it's stuff you've lived through. I'm, or I should say, I guess stuff you've lived. I'm going to yeah, guess totally. stuff you lived through. We made it through the co-founder argument. I th- actually, I think you had a co-founder like split at some point. Right? I did too with my first business. Yeah. So we made it through the co-founder arguments, conflict disarmament. Put under the microscope and measured like an auger and right. Auger is like what's in the petri dish. Like a modern when services you bought her in, thinking that you finished in the trenches, gotta start again. It- Tell me you picked up on because you love category thinking. Tell me you picked up on feeling like a martyr. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> With that idea of be a be a missionary, don't be a mercenary or or a martyr is the idea. Yeah, um, and 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 just the real reality of yeah, man. When you're really trying to prove something, you are willing. It's feeling like a martyr when you're bartering, right? Like the giving your service away for free just to be able to prove it is there's an awesome. There's like a there's like an excitement to it because you are like, all right, man, I get a shot to do this. But you're also like killing yourself for very like no compensation sometimes, mm-hmm. and you're it's very much martyrdom of doing this as good as you possibly can, giving up on other opportunities and other things that are like, that would lead to revenue quicker, but you got to do it in order to prove this thing out and build a case study and have referrals and all these other things. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat to market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeva, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're going to help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the GOAT to market. I've sent a bunch of startups Akeva's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection and they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? A cable will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free, and then you call it from there. So you want to handle things on your own? You call it. Want to get a Kava's dev help? You call it. Want to take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer, and like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album, and I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io, and tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. I'm just thinking back to the start of the official start of Startup Hype Man back at the beginning of 2017, that just thinking about you know, the services you barter in, or the maybe if you don't barter specifically, it's like everyone says have a target audience, but in the early days, anyone who is willing to pay you is yeah. your target audience. And I'm yeah. just thinking back to the first or second customer we ever had hired us to create a company mission statement and core values for them. Mm-hmm. We have never done that work since. And I don't even think I was qualified to do it then. Yeah. But they were like, can you do this? And I was like, okay. <laughs> totally. 
Yeah, like any, again, anyone who is willing to pay you anything is your customer in those early days. And it doesn't even matter if it's like your core competency. You're just like, you say yes to it being like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. 100%. I took a, I took this like spiritual guru on and, <laughs> and built out like a whole social media plan for them for like a thousand bucks, like just to make a book. It took me like three months. Yeah. Um, my, my first contract, right? Like the case study that did put me on started off as this like contract that was 6,500 bucks a month. Cause I was just their budget and for me to fulfill on it. Cause I didn't have any capacity underneath me at the time I was paying out 5750 a month for a 600 for a $6,500 a month contract for a year. <laughs> but that allowed me to build. So you were negative 250 on every month. No, I was positive 750, oh, right? Okay. Like I was making 750 bucks a month on this like big contract, but it allowed me to build out stuff underneath sure. me to then get other clients. But for six months, that was all I had. I had that client that hired me for the the core values and company mission statement thing. Mm -hmm. Also required I come out to their office for each time we were going to like work on something. Yeah, They were a 45 minute drive away. I, I put into the original contract client is responsible for like fuel reimbursement. And he was like, no, not paying that. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess I'll eat that cost. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. So I had to drive 45 minutes each way. But also there were, I want to say five, maybe six different instances where I got there and he was like, oh shit, sorry. Today's everything's on fire today. Can't meet. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, I just drove an hour to get here. Yeah, I'm in your parking lot and you're going to tell me, turn around and go home. Who the fuck do you think you are? But that's, wow. it's like, it's the shit you eat along the way. And that's what this, the bridge here is getting across that sentiment. And that's where it's like, you're thinking that you finished. You're thinking that you're finished. You're in the trenches. Got to start again. When you are in the trenches, when you are in the weeds, how many times do you doubt yourself and be like, we're done. We can't keep going at this pace. It's over. We got to start all over again. That thought comes up a bunch. And then interactions start to blend, right? You don't remember where you had a conversation or with who because everything's happening at such a rapid pace. And what's interesting here is there's not a true rhyme for two, three lines in a row. It's mm. the same word used two, three lines in a row. Again, is used three times because when the word, like when something happens again, it actually happens again. Yeah. So Thinking that you finished in the trenches, gotta start again. Interactions start to blend. Said it once, come again. So if something is gonna happen again, what I did with these lyrics was actually make it happen again. <laughs> Twice <Yeah>. over. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's good. And, and and to me, the the next line, we just went down a rabbit hole with the martyrdom, right? Because I think yeah. it's, it's so real. But I think that idea of thinking that you finished in the trenches, gotta start again, is another one that just hits super deep. What you said of just questioning, oh my God, do I blow this up and start from zero? It also, I don't know about you, but like for me, end of year two in my business, I actually end of year one and end of year two, I felt like I was like, oh man, my revenue's at this. I have this figured out. And then I didn't have my product figured out. So my so I churned a bunch. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I, there was multiple like stops and starts for me where I was like, oh my God, I reached this other level. And then I got knocked down another level. <laughs> yeah, And I had to refigure that out again. That's super relatable. That happened to me in year two. So at the end of year one, I was like, oh, I really have something here. Yeah. But what I was doing was looking at it with a little bit of rose colored glasses on and that I saw it was like the number we did in contracts 
in what was written on contracts did not reflect the actual money in. Because yeah. there was some in accounts receivables, some contracts that were like, you will pay me when XYZ happens. Mm-hmm. So it's it technically became a six-figure revenue business at the end of year one on paper, but in what was actually paid, it was not that. And then on top of that, I didn't know you're supposed to pay estimated quarterly taxes as a business. <laughs> So then I send it off to accountant April or March of the next year, 2018. I send my stuff paperwork off to an accountant and I see I owe like 20, 25,000 in taxes. And I'm like, what? This can't be. Because it wasn't just the taxes, it was the penalties for not paying estimated taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And I had just signed a new apartment lease. Cause I'm like, cause in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I have enough money to do all these things now. Yeah. <laughs> and my rent increased by like another like 800 bucks, I think yeah. with the new apartment lease I had just signed. And I'm not kidding. Like, two weeks later is when this yeah. happens. And I was like, so crestfallen. I actually remember I was on my way back from, I had attended WrestleMania in New Orleans. And I was taking the, I had landed back in Chicago and I was waiting for the L train at Midway to, to take me back into the city. And is when I, I saw the email from the accountant being like, this is what you owe. And I got on the phone and I was like, wait, you got to explain this to me. Yeah. It's extra zero, like, right? Rush. Cause I was like, oh my God, I thought I had all this money and I don't. And so for the next, I think 18 months. Cause I was like, I can't pay this all off in one go. And he was like, you don't have to, you can do a payment plan, but just so you know, with the IRS, if you spread out your tax payments, you, it, they charge interest as well. Yeah. So every month for the next 18 months on top of my own personal rent and personal expenses on top of my monthly business expenses, I was paying out my spread out annual tax that I was that was owed for the year 2017 across 2018 and 2019. I'm paying this out for 18 straight months plus interest every month. And the interest compounds every month that you don't have the whole thing paid off, the interest kicks in higher the next month. It's not a flat interest rate just because you've said I'm going to pay it in 18 months. So 2018 for me was if I think I think it was like and also, not only was all that happening, but the company revenue took a massive hit in 2018 as well. Like I was trying to figure out, I, I thought we had a, something good going by the end of 2017. And then 2018, I tried to make some like adjustments that didn't pan out short term. Mm-hmm. And it was, I got to look back. I think the total revenue of the company in 2018 was like, not profit, but revenue, mm-hmm. I think was $37,000. Mind you, my rent is now, I think, 1800 a month. Yeah. And I'm paying, I think, another 1800 a month in this tax and interest. I want to say I was struggling yeah. <laughs> that year. <laughs> Dude, like likely story, right? Just uh, a, a the idea of I know so many entrepreneurs, especially like in the service side. That's there's just you just whip something up that get dinged taxes first or second year or something like that, and then get stuck in that. Um, and then the idea of 
man, year one, I had all this revenue. So now I'm going to adjust my expenses or my lifestyle or like yes. my operations to yes. this. <laughs> man, I carried an extra 11 grand in salary for a year because of a mistake that I made end of year two <laughs> that then made me profit not good for the next year until finally having to unwind that man 100 percent. i awesome. think what's funny though is like there's one of my favorite rap songs of all times is, of all time is lupe fiasco's hip-hop saved my life off of the cool album mm-hmm. and in a way it did mine as well because so this tax thing happened and i was like thinking that you finished in the trenches got to start again that was me in that moment mm-hmm. and then as each month went by and money out was far superseding money in and there were a few months of literal zero revenue what ended up happening was towards the end of 2018 i did the fresh prince video the fresh prince of of sass video yeah kind of on a whim and that's what reignited me by the like heading into the last two months of the year that got a few customers in and, and kicked things back into gear for 2019 Interesting. That's cool. I was thinking a similar thought of this has very hip hop tones too, because you hear in so many albums how rappers will think they made it after their first album. And then they realized, oh shit, my first album was just like everything I've been thinking since I'm a teenager. And now I got to come up with another album. And you're back to Outcast has more slump, right? (laughs) Yeah. Outcast has this line that's like, if it don't move your feet, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck, right? So it's, if I don't make, if I don't make the next album work, I'm also shit out of luck too, right? So I'm starting from zero too. Yeah. That's, it's, there's so many parallels to, again, what rappers rap about normally, like the struggle of that and the struggle of entrepreneurship, right? It's it's the parallel path. That's why I found her hip hop, baby. All right. (laughs) So that's the bridge. And then talk me through the, Talk me through the the final verse here. Then we come out of the bridge, the right? Like, so you yeah. think about that the that's that deep emotional part in giving a toast. Mm-hmm. But the deep emotional aspect of a toast has a light at the end of the at the end of the tunnel, right? You don't when you think about the best man or the maid of honor giving their speech about their best friend. They don't be. They don't like. And I remember that moment when you were down in the dumps and. It just seemed like nothing was working. You don't end it there, right? Because <laughs> yeah. then people are like, that was a terrible toast. You're like, but then you clawed your way out and you figured it out and you met this person and they made your life so much better. Yeah. So that's how, so the the last line there of the bridge and then the beat kicks back in is that turn to the positive. So it's, we ate all this shit for so long and then it starts to climb back out as the horns start to come back in. And it, you're right, you have that. It's getting better. It's getting better. So it's looking at you crazy when you say you do it all again. Team, now we call them fan dream. Got it all in hand. Sleeping on the floor. Now we living like the Carter's grand. Look at this. We made it out, though. And then the verse starts to continue there about like, now we get to do the things we always dreamed about. It's like counting dollars by the hand. VIP treatment. The power of the brand. The premium say DJ Fish floating from Japan haters look at the receipts but they don't really understand it's like all these like things that you wanted to do you couldn't but now you can remember in I get around talking about you don't even know if you can afford the guacamole on your burrito at Chipotle and how you're tired of eating Taco Bell Chalupa is right but now it's now you're eating premium ceviche with the fish flown in directly from Japan. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly right, man. That's awesome. So you turn it around, you hit this crescendo, and then you end with this. This is for everybody else. And only pay my dues, pay attention that I did it for the she, her, you, the he, you, and every last day them. For everyone that's ever been seen as a replacement. For those who got told that your ceiling is the basement. So you end up with this like very aspirational, see me in your story. Everybody, you can do this yeah. too. It's like, this yeah. is for everyone who's ever been counted out, overlooked. Um, and it, and it's for anyone. That's why we 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 I hit on the different pronouns, right? The he hers, the, the, the excuse me, the she hers, the he hims. Yeah. Every last they them, right? So it's like anyone who's anyone who's been counted out. It's this is for all of us, and for anyone who's ever got told your ceiling is the basement, which is what happens to a lot of really the underrepresented founder groups where they're like, oh, we. You remember back in NXT, I said. The contrast is pretty stark in size. They hating on my skin tone. Then they go and blame it on the market size. Or they're like, yeah, I just don't think it's a big enough market, which is what a lot of underrepresented founders hear. So it's that's the idea of, eh, I think your ceiling is really the basement or is really that person's basement. That's coming through again in, in that lyric there. But it's like, hey, we proved him right because now, so we didn't prove him wrong. We just proved him right because look at us. We bring the base, B-A-S-S, right? So it's, we're here, we're bringing the base. Like we got this song now, we're partying. And that's what it's like. It's again, coming out of that. We made it. We overcame the doubters, the haters, the people who said this isn't going to work. And now they're the ones. Standing in the cold, right? We're on the other side of the velvet rope. So you think about like entering a club, right? There's, or even like the VIP section in a club, it's, it's usually roped off. So yeah. it's now we're the ones who are on the right side of the rope and they're standing out. And you think about it, like, it's like winter time, right? And it's yeah, like, you yeah, don't yeah. want to be stuck waiting in line outside. Yeah. We're not, we, we got the VIP access and all that stuff. And now all those people are the ones standing out there. But it still concludes on a happy note, regardless of that, because it's the last line. And every verse ends with this, a modification of the same line. We sell in grapes. We celebrate sipping grape. And in this one is, do we share? Of course. So it's, but it doesn't matter who you are. Like we're here for you anyways. So grab a glass. Yeah. And then you end with, I really, I really like that. This final hook when you say the, uh, we show it now for those we made proud. Now we only talk about this, how I get around in the sound of the glasses. They clink and we something of lore. Like the old, we talked about it earlier, but like the homage to like, you're doing what with your life to have you seen my son's app? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And then you live it, right? And then you go through, we talked about this in the intro for this whole series about how in, in this reflection, you yourself uncovered something about how like this business means more to you and what you're doing. From the bottom of my heart, I just, I want to thank you because this is so many years in the making. And it, I need you to know this is more than just music at this point. Like when I started Startup Hype Man, it was just because I had a skill and I wanted to make some money. And now I don't know if you realize, but like I feel like it is my obligation and responsibility to be the voice and help champion the voice of every single one of you founders out here Everyone. doing your thing every single day, building your dreams, making it a reality to impact the lives of others. I just have so much respect for that. And I just, I want you to know how seriously I take carrying that flag on behalf 
you want to hit on that? Yeah. And again, those words really came through authentically and naturally. It's, and, it, and it's not really about the music or anything. It's more like back in late 2016, started 2017, when I said, okay, I'm going to start this business. It was really because I, I had found, I was like, hey, I have a skill here helping founders develop their pitch. And I'm enjoying it and I want to monetize that skill. Of course, I was also like, it's helping people. But more than anything, I was like, I can make money off of this. Yeah. And let me monetize this skill that I have. And then over the years, what it has shifted into is I, I will not stop because I see what I'm doing, what my team is doing, what this brand is doing as Startup Hype Man is helping. I almost think of it, it's you think of those like epic battle scenes in a movie where it's like, a big open, like dusty field, and like two two sides are charging against each other, right on the horses. Yeah, I feel like I'm sitting in the with the lead horse carrying the flag, being like attack, charge, and that's and I feel like what I'm representing is all of these founders in this fleet behind me, alongside me, but behind, but standing behind me because I'm pushing the pace for them, and that carries just so much more meaning to the work itself. And it's why I got into a state of mind where I was like, I can have a comfortable business if I keep it as is, and I can live comfortably, pretty comfortably. <laughs> or I could make another bet and try and really expand this thing and take it beyond myself because if I'm really going to be the flag bearer, this work cannot be contained to just my personal availability. And that's where I started to build a team, hired a full-time employee. And that's a nod in the direction that we're going to go big with this. Because And if you really look at the other companies that do exist around pitching, they're all really like independent consultants, right? Who are doing solopreneur businesses, which is what this was for a long time. And um, I feel like a lot of them too are like almost like geographically bound. And in a way, I feel now like the journey I'm embarking on, because again, I feel like this, I feel it as a responsibility. Hmm. I feel like it's Vince McMahon in the territory system of wrestling, right? Like you, like just a quick background for no one who knows. You go back to old days of professional wrestling. You had all these individual territories, and no one had a national organization really. And you had wrestlers who wrestled in your territory. You had Mid South. You had the the Carolinas. You had Calgary and up in Canada, and you had New York, and it was like. You stick to your geography. You don't cross lines. And then Vince McMahon was like, I'm going to cross lines and I'm going to, I'm going to eat everybody's lunch. So either join or get the fuck out the way. And now I feel like that's what I'm embarking on here is everyone who does this kind of work, the pitch creation stuff, whatever element of it that they do, they do it in like a territory-esque system. They're like, oh, I'm San Francisco's number one person 
or I'm the I'm Silicon Valley's this or the go-to person in New York City. And meanwhile, I'm like, hey, we might be founded in Chicago, but the world <laughs> is our plate. And if this is going to be like the work means so much to me and the impact that we can have on others has been so strong that we have had and that we continue to have is so strong and meaningful that I look at it as I'm doing the ecosystem a disservice if I keep it the territory system, if I don't go big with this, and if I don't expand and say, this is going to grow beyond Raj Nation, and we're going we're gonna to elevate the game. The first core value in Startup Hype Man's core values as a company is ecosystem first. Mm. And so to live that, I got to be ecosystem first, right? I can't just think about, and it's funny, right? Because I, I got to a point where I was like, I can, like, work-wise, there, there's been a few points where we've had such a nice roster of clients that if a new person wants to work with us, I got to be like, okay, but honestly, can't fit you in until six weeks out from now, which is a good position to be in. But at the same time, I don't want to have to tell people, you got to wait, you got to delay your potential dream by six weeks. Hmm. I think I actually think I'm being selfish if I contain this to just me being able to support and help these founders versus me teaching a team of people and be like, let's do this and let's all help these founders. And when it was just me creating the pitches, again, I can like, that's a, it's a pretty comfortable lifestyle, like income wise and everything. Mm -hmm. And here I came and said, let me, I, I finally got to the point of comfortable lifestyle. Let me get uncomfortable again and now bring on a full-time employee yeah. <laughs> and have regular payroll and all the expenses that come with a full-time employee because this needs to be bigger than me. So like the vision is that strong. That's where I'm at. And you know, as I say in that, in the song, I'm like, I cannot stop. I think I finally get what Puffy meant when he said can't stop I love that, that 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 part made me giggle, but then reflecting it, I totally got the whole can't stop, won't stop thing talking to you. And I love that. It's funny because you went intuitively to every place that I wanted to go there. Like when you started talking, I was like, oh, this reminds me of the story you told me about Vince McMahon and the Category <laughs> Diggers podcast. And, and what's also been fun is that whole period, everything that you're describing, I got to watch it. Like we started doing this project as you were like, yeah, man, I'm in the middle of going for like employee number one. And it's got these difficulties to hire a pitch, like a pitch person full time because mm -hmm. they have this like mix of things where they tend to be solopreneurs, but I got to create this culture inside. So it's been really gratifying to see it happen and then get to reflect as you're having this toast. And the thing that I, the thing that I really love, first of all, you also give me a shout out, which made me cry like the first three times <laughs> that I showed it to people, but the, the idea of how you ended the end of this track, the end of the album by sharing the stage with the people that you worked with. Tell me how you thought about that. Let's walk it back for a moment. We can't just gloss over your shout out. Right? <laughs> okay. The man who helped bring this creative vision to life, Pablo Gonzalez, Pablo G, Pablo. Yo, my dude, like, I don't know if you realize it, but you've, you've got this gift where you can like, 
invest in somebody and get them to see things that they cannot see themselves. Talk do you tell me what did that what was that like hearing that? Man, it was when you showed me that, I was going through like I like I've gone through my deep pit of the deep pit of the soul this year. Like the beginning of this year and really just this these last 16 months have been I think the the fire that I really think forged me and it hit me at a at this really low point where I was trying to define my value in the world and for you to uniquely tapping into the thing that I most want to be seen as the person that can find that special thing inside of someone and help bring that to light just that that small thing really just meant a lot, man. And and yeah, this project has been almost two-year project that is not a financially motivated project. It's a passion project for both of us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It just hit me in, in all the right ways. And when I showed it to my wife, I, I got teared up. So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I think the uh, there's only so much I can say in the confines of what the, of what's left of time left on the song. Yeah. But I think what I didn't really get to get across because of the time limit is because because actually to be honest I, I i recorded this a few times it was always a freestyle talk but like i recorded a few times over just to make sure the cadence at which i was speaking at made sense with the background music mm-hmm. and i was trying to fit in more but then i kept not being able to also be able to fit in the end yeah, yeah. but the parts that that had to get cut were and, and i was able to get it through a little bit but i think what's interesting with your skill set is it's not necessarily sometimes it's what you say that helps the creative process. Other times it's what you don't say that helps the creative process. And other times it's just a simple, okay. Or like a, (laughs) just, and which I think for someone who identifies as an artist, that's really helpful, but it doesn't have to be this. Oh, like, Pablo mapped out this 10 point plan and we followed this step that oftentimes that can do more damage than harm. It's the ability to like sit back and listen to something and not have a, not feel compelled to have to immediately respond because someone's asked you to listen to something. And the way I think about it is it's almost how a therapist sometimes is just like sitting back there listening and all they do is respond. And they're like, and then the patient like keeps going, <laughs> right? It's that yeah. kind of skill set where it's like knowing when to insert yourself and when to pull back and just give that like short response or give that. Okay. So what <laughs> kind of response <laughs> that dynamic really helped me. I appreciate that, man. That's, that's really good feedback. I, I, you know, when I think about, when I think about why that works, it's just because I really deeply care about our relationship. I think that's what, that's why it works, right? If you don't deeply care about the person in front of you, you're either going to try to get it done as quickly as possible or move it or get it off your desk Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's cool. I appreciate that, man. And I think best therapists in the world truly love their people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) It's interesting, though, just to touch on for a second, the dynamic of our relationship was you just you reached out one day two years ago, I think, and you're like, hey, I'm going to be in Chicago for this person's event. I'm just getting some people together for tea at the Drake. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I was, then you were like, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I think that was literally only because of content, right? You saw, you did, you saw you, the Stan you did the Carl thing. Yeah, yeah. You did the Carl thing. I'm obsessed with musical content intersecting with business. And I, I believe that the Weird Isle of LinkedIn is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is awesome. I know you're a hype man, but I want to be the hype man's hype man. Yeah. And that's just, that's about as much as we talked until I was like, yo, I'm going to be at the Drake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, I think it, it's just, I think it's a general, it's a, it's just an interesting general, like lesson for people where it's like, just reach out to people. What ha- you don't know what's going to happen, but just if you're interested in something or you're, someone's doing something cool, just yeah. find a way to say hi to them. <laughs> Yeah, true. And I remember I was on this whole like, dude, you need to make an album early. And you're like, yeah, 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 I know, man, I got a million things to do. And then the day that you actually reached out to me and was like, hey, man, I do want to make this album and I want you to help me, but I don't want you to just set me up with a producer. I want you to be like part of the whole process. I was like, oh, man, (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I in 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 putting the album online in the credits, there's not a way, there's nowhere I can put, like you have to select from a list of titles of people involved with the project mm-hmm. and you can't put like creative director as a thing. Like you don't get to type your own in. There's a list that they give you and it's all like, it's all music related, like producer, mm-hmm. vocalist, stuff like that, saxophone. Mm-hmm. You can't actually pick like director or creative director, which I was bummed about. So you have a credit in, if you look at the metadata, you have a credit in the dry powder skit. Uh, but yeah. That was like the, and, and it's, it's uh vocals, I think is the credit you have, but there was no way in the metadata to, to have, to give you the, the title that was appropriate for this, which was creative director. Yeah, that's cool. I- all right. That's awesome, man. I'm honestly, man, I'm just pumped. I got to do, I really feel like I had a hand in creating one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. So I'm just like, I'm happy to be along for the ride, man. Tell me about this final piece of what's the story behind the entrepreneurship is compilation. Entrepreneurship. 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 Entrepreneurship is freedom. Is it emotional alertness? Is education. It's a powerful way to represent our city on the global stage. It's so fun. It's for people with thick skin. Exhausting. Is worth it. Is the ultimate test in my ability to create value where it didn't exist before. But an unprecedented opportunity to learn and try new things. Taking control of your destiny and living in your purpose and passion. It's freedom to choose how you scale impact in the world. Because you have the power to change systems instead of sticking with the status quo. For a few years now, with my podcast, the last question I ask every guest is fill in the blank. Entrepreneurship is blank. And it's been cool to get a collection of answers over the years. And I thought it would be a really nice thing was to bring that back around and if this is truly meant to be a celebration song and we talk about team, now we call them fam and this is for everybody. I thought it'd be cool to bring that back in and have other people get on the track and talk about what being an entrepreneur means to them. So it was a, it's a combination of past podcast guests mixed with past clients who may have been on the podcast or may not have been on the podcast mixed with ecosystem partners. So like Naveen Goyal with Loud Capital, they've been a partner of our, they've invested in four, maybe five of our companies. Eben Kyriakos with, with World Business Chicago, like he's a friend and he's someone who's 
who's doing deeply meaningful work for the Chicago startup ecosystem. Alex Backdorf, who I think she has the mic drop at the end with her. She has the closing one. You're on it, right? So it's a combination of people like that and and clients we've had at Startup Hype Man. And I reached out to several people and I wanted them to re-record it. Even if they were on the podcast, I wanted them to re-record it to be a more clean audio. And I gave them the opportunity. I was like, here's what you said on the podcast. If you don't want to, you can either re-record that or you can say something new if you have a different answer now. And I just wanted to get everyone. I was like, just send me a recording that says, my name is blank. And I am the you know title of this entrepreneurship is what's your answer. And it worked out really well that we got a range of voices to come on the album with a range of answers. And that's what I like too, right? It's not, everyone really is saying something different. Like you have Kim Michelson, hers is just entrepreneurship is so fun. And then you have Jeff Osuji from Event Noir being like, it's living in your purpose and your passion. You come on there and you're like, it's the opportunity to create value. Great value. Other yeah. People don't see it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Which to me that. was very much a microcosm of this album as well. Trying to get this thing over the yeah. tomb. Yeah. You have Abin from World Business Chicago saying, and what does it mean to him? He's, he's leading the charge of being the person who's putting Chicago on the map for entrepreneurship and st- for startups. And he's it's a powerful way to represent your city on the global stage, which is like literally what he's doing. And then Alex, again, I just think she has that mic drop moment at the end where she's no one but you has the ability to change the world in this way. And I thought cutting the music there and then just having her last words echo was a great way to finish the album. Yeah, it was awesome. And I thought the what you did too that I thought made it even better is you anonymized it to us by cutting it into the entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship is instead of just everybody saying they're one piece. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was a potential that could get distracted and be like, oh, who is this person? What do they do? Instead, it just became this kind of like chorus of people talking about it in the abstract, even though they got to say who they are and where they're from and all that stuff. I thought that was a really cool idea. I think it was going to, I think that's the only way it's going to sound interesting is that way, right? If it's just everyone's clip one after another, then it's repetitive. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily matter whose answer is whose, right? Because the majority of people who listen to this aren't going to know who those people are anyways, but I want them to look them up. But this comes back to something we talked about again and again in doing this podcast is this is meant for people beyond just the core, right? This has mainstream appeal is, is yep. the idea behind this with a hyper niche audience but with mainstream appeal. So again, it doesn't have to be the, exactly who said what. And if it's got mainstream appeal, you got to bounce it around a little bit. You got to splice up people's segments. And I think one inspiration I had for that is Common does it really well on the end of a couple of his albums, B and I, I want to say it's, it's either Finding Forever or The Dreamer and Believer. He's got like voices of little kids being like, I want to be this, or I want to be that, but it's not all just one kid talking to them the next and the next. So just from, I just think from a, an audience standpoint, it sounds better and you're, you're, you're more likely to like listen through to the end. And maybe not every time you listen to the album, you'll probably kill the song and maybe go back to another track once you get to the last hook, but at least those first couple times through, um, you're going to stay interested because it bounces around. I, man, I, I don't know. I To me, these are my favorite moments in albums, right? Like the last calls or 
Logic also did this one called Thank You, where he just has like a bunch of different fans of his just sending in from where they're calling from or whatever to just show this global appeal of the people that listen to him. But mm-hmm. I always listen to that stuff all the way through, like those elongated storytelling things where the beat goes on. I just find it to be extremely like vibe out, cool music, and especially like closing out an album like this. I thought it was awesome. Like just the way that it finishes. How do you want to close out this podcast? (laughs) I think I want people to pick up Sincerely Yours as a catchphrase. Like that, now that my wife's heard it a bunch of times, like if we are out to dinner, we order a glass of Sancerre, we'll like cheers each other and be like, Sincerely Yours. And that's the idea behind the song. And if you notice the track title has a comma, it's Sincerely Yours, comma, is the official track title because it's it's like a toast, but it's also like you're writing a letter. And instead of signing the letter with Sincerely Yours, it's, we're celebrating with the grape, with the wine, it's Sincerely Yours. So you going to uh, put it on your email signature? <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea. Maybe I should. <laughs> but I think just the overall close out of doing this podcast and this making the goat series is this is the most meaningful music I've made to date. And I haven't put out an album since 2015, which was, I put out an EP. I think it was roughly the same amount of tracks, but I called it an EP. And that was something that was deeply personal to me, but it was more, it was just straight personal stuff really that I was like going through at the time. I wasn't as a rap name. I wasn't Raj Nation yet. I still went under the rap name Phonetic, but it's never a name that I identified with. I I created it as a rap name, but I never really felt comfortable saying that was my rap name. And no one really ever called me that either. Whereas Raj Nation is something that people have been calling me ever since I created the Twitter account back in like 2010, I think it was. So the transition to being Raj Nation as an identity over the last half decade or so has allowed this work here to have such a meaningful impact in, and Raj Nation and the startup Hype Man brand are so closely intertwined, but to be able to take everything that I've personally lived and secondhand experienced vicariously through the clients we have worked with and the people we've been around through this work and as I say in the end of Sincerely Yours, be the voice and champion the voice. We're doing it with the work that we do, but we're also doing it through this album. That to me is, it's like chef's kiss to even just have the privilege and the opportunity to do that. It's just, it means a lot to me. And even in the buildup to this album, I've done a lot of like singles over the last several years, but not an album, right? And majority of them I'd say have been like parody stuff or remix stuff but I've dropped some originals here and there. This is almost, even though that 2015 thing was more or less like my like debut, if you will, that was called Road to Redemption. It was actually the third project I had done. If you want to look at like mixtapes, I had one in college that was like, in retrospect, it was a lot of songs. It was like 17 tracks, I think, but it was like everything I had in me up to that point over like years of writing raps. I just put it all on the mixtape. But it was also all over instrumentals that were already put out. And I was rapping over Jay-Z beats. I'm rapping over mm-hmm. all these other beats. My second mixtape was called Having Fun. And that was just five or six tracks. And that was what I was doing, right? I was literally just having fun with the music. And those are some really good raps, actually, on that one. If you go back and listen on the Bandcamp page. But it's also rapping over other beats. Like I'm rapping over a Wu-Tang beat. I'm rapping over a Drake beat and a few others. 
then Road to Redemption in 2015 was me redeeming myself from the bad first mixtape. That was the idea behind it. And that was that really made me comfortable as a rapper because I started performing live off that album or off that mixtape. And that's where I really started to feel comfortable saying I'm a rapper. And people started to recognize me for that talent. And, the, and it really was a strong mixtape. I would again I'd encourage you to go listen to it at rajnation.bandcamp.com. But it was, it was a lot of, there was no like business stuff tied into it because I wasn't there yet. I wasn't even doing startup hype man yet. But even that was original beats but stuff I had plucked offline. So beats that had already been made. And then I'm, they might be original, but they'd already been made. So now I'm adapting and adopting my style to that song, to that sound. And again, it was good, but it still wasn't necessarily me. And now for this to come through and be really the first thing that I've done musically where the beats are made for me, and I had a hand in that process. That was every song started with you and I brainstorming. What are we doing? on? What's the essence of this song? And then, okay, now what does it need to sound like? And then pushing that to our producer monitor and then him sending it back to us. And then us going through this back and forth, like revision process. And then even like how many times do we have the beat would be done. And I'd start rapping, like I push it back and be like, Hey, I need you to add 30 more seconds on this. Yeah, that was. To, to have that level of like creative input in the production process, that's, that's a first for me. Everything to this point has been, it's already there. Now let me just do something on top of it. This is now the first time where I'm like, I can guide the, the production process for making the beat. And then once I've laid the vocals down, we send it back. And then I'm like, Hey, drop the beat at this part and put a lightning strike or add this kind of effect here. Right? really be able to guide that creative process. And there was a lot of that, right? I'm just throwing it out there. You got really creative with very small details of the beat and all these different things that added a ton of texture and a ton of nuance to the album that I did not see coming. Like I'm not as versed in all the stuff as you. So I was super impressed with how much of that stuff you did. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of attention to detail in this. So to begin, to have that privilege and that opportunity to really make something that I say, this is truly 100% my stamp on this. And this represents me as a person and as a business person and represents all these other business people that I, I interact with every single day. This is, again, this is the most meaningful music I've ever done. And... I was giving someone a preview of the album before it came out. And I said, and at at the end, he he said, that's interesting. You decided to end it on raising a round of capital as the celebration and not like getting acquired or like IPOing or something like that. He's like, that's what I would think would be like the true celebration point. And I said, that's, this is just the first album. I was like, I said, the story's not over yet. Yeah. 